The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Misok Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, you know very well how I'm doing because we've just had a 15 minute chat before we started recording. But, uh, <laughs> I know, no, for the sake that's, of the podcast, I'm doing okay, thanks, Misok. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to go like, I'm going to go full Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Method, how are you? Method podcasting. <laughs> I'm good. You, Listen, I'm roll necked up. You are? Got a hoodie on, yeah. There's, there's, there's you got a hoodie and a roll neck. You're, Listen. You're out of control. Doubling down. You're doubling essentially down. the human embodiment of a down duvet. <laughs> was, there was someone actually recently, a friend of mine, who was like, oh my God, you actually do wear roll necks like all the time. Oh, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's not a thing. It's a lifestyle. What are you talking yeah, about? It's a movement. Yeah, unbearable behind, behind the curtain as well. <laughs> it's real talk. Yeah, we are who we are. <laughs> Stand on my name. I'm just kidding. He's the best. <laughs> I'm just myth building <laughs> absolute myth tell you that uh, we hope everyone's staying safe staying well don't forget to check Counter Press and Righty's House this week mm. now both twice a week yes yes so today we're not going to go through all of the football that happened this week but we will do a quick roundup. yeah and then we're going to talk about two very different things mm. we had a bit of a conversation about obviously Juve's points deduction on Monday and how it could really affect Serie A and also last week, or about a week ago, there was a piece that went up on The Athletic by Philip Buckingham, I think, mm. talking about illegal streaming of football. Yeah. We thought, why don't we have a little chat about that? Yeah. Because people say that football has a streaming problem, Musa, but I would disagree. I would say streaming has a football problem. My goodness. What a turn Free of phrase. Copywriter, if you will. <laughs> Here a week. Um, I don't think it's a million miles away from being a really, really good system across the board. I just think that people haven't shown a willingness to really do that yet. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to do a little bit of a transfer mailbag. We might keep it brief today because Musa has another appointment. 
<laughs> it's just an interview. Just to think, <laughs> making it sound so intriguing. Oh, God. He's leaving me for another podcast. <laughs> anyway, let's get into it after this. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you don't mind, can I actually just begin by shouting out Barcelona Femeni, who beat second place Levante 7 0. Um, hat trick from Ashwala. But it meant that they've become the first club side, I think, ever, ever to record 50 straight league wins, which is obviously an absolutely astounding achievement. That's wild. Well, and I don't want to sound, I don't want to go all negative, right? But. That's quite worrying for the league. It is. Because their progress has been so rapid over the last decade, or half a decade, really. Mm. Uh, and now it just seems that they're so far out in front that hardly anyone can catch them. It's bad for them, too. League it's bad wins. for them, too, it actually. It, well, yeah, it is. It it's is. bad for them um, in Europe, for sure. But, and, I mean, I just don't even know how that's even possible because there are some good teams in that league. We talked about this before, like, Teams who have upset big teams in the Champions League, but they mm. might not be pushing for the title in Spain. But still, an unbelievable achievement for them. They won the Supercopa last weekend as well. We didn't mention it on Monday, Stadio, but um, absolute disrespect. Both sets of players being made to go and pick the medals up yeah. themselves off Brilliant. a table because of uh, more aftermath, I think, of the, the fallout with the RFEF about the uh, national team stuff. So good week for Barcelona. Mm. Very good week Very indeed. Good. Uh, it was a good week for the men as well, who... Knocked out Real Sociedad in the Copa del Rey. Yes. Uh, they won 1-0. Spicy encounter. It was. It was. It was uh, sending off in this game for, for Real Sociedad. Uh, yeah, Mendes got sent off. Bad foul, that. It was pretty gnarly. He went to VAR, didn't it? And then got changed to a red. Usman uh, Dembele continues his post-World Cup journey. He's having a real adventure. He's having a real adventure. He's playing well. He is, man. He really is. But Imanol, after the game, I love this. There was a press conference. In the press conference, he got asked about Martin Zubimendi. The question was like, does he have what it takes to play for a big club like Barcelona? And Ian Manol just says, he already plays for a big club. Oh, I love that. He's, there was a great moment with him and Xavi right at the end. After a game that tense, mm. there was a really lovely moment with Xavi at the end where you just saw them embrace and it was like, yeah, that's such a, he's such a class act, man. He's such a class act. Yeah, Real Sociedad are legit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Totally legit. Osasuna beat Sevilla 2-1 after extra time to go through. And uh, there are more games tonight. The other the other two quarterfinals between Valencia and Athletic Club and Real Madrid against Atleti at nine o'clock. Spice, so spice. Keep an eye out for those. Uh, Carabao Cup in England this week. Yeah. Liverpool and Manchester United cruised through. Marcus Rashford. Well, in the first leg, sorry. Locked in. Uh, yes. United, I mean, 3-0 up from that leg. There was a disallowed goal at 1-0. Very unfortunate. Very, very tight offside. And Forrest looked good at that point. Um, well, they had a bit of a spell, didn't they? Where Gibbs um, White and Johnson looked particularly good throughout, I will say. Yeah, I mean, a couple of better decisions from Brennan Johnson. I think Forrest could have e easily equalised. There were there were once there was once where yeah. he broke down the right hand side. And I can't remember who it was, but they were completely free in the middle, and he went for for the shot. And then um, had another one not long after 
got the ball off Gibbs White to some really nice skill actually through the yeah. middle. Let Lissandro Martinez just fly past him and then hit a, a shot from just outside the box that he probably should have got on target. But Forrest were good in that spell before the Really second. good. Really yeah. good. And I think, I think, I mean, Veghorst got one uh, on the stroke of half time and that almost, not quite a sucker punch, it was a nicely worked goal. And I just feel like that, that, that point Forrest is still in it, but the final goal by, by Bruno, like that's, I think it's good night at this point. Mm. And it was funny because Casemiro was getting a bit harried off the ball. It's one of those ones where there was a couple of moments in the game where he could be like, they'll be talking, like Forrest will be talking about this for a couple of years afterwards. Like we, we, we had Casemiro in our pocket, but by the end he just asserted himself. Mm. He really stepped up. Um, so yeah, strong win for them. Newcastle beating Southampton 1-0. Joe, mm. <laughs> Joe Linton on a bit of a journey with his finishing, uh, but finally got one from close range. So 1-0 to them. That's still in the balance. Huge deal for both, um, huge cl- for both clubs this uh, that semi, actually. Newcastle feels very much like the early 2010s Man City vibes. It does, doesn't it? It does. You know, they made that investment. They put all that money in and a trophy is the kind of thing that really seals the first part of the ascent. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. it's come way ahead of schedule. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For Southampton, the, the league is the absolute priority. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. that while they're not out of this tie, you never know. But yeah. I mean, they're only two points from safety in the league. Yeah. So it's by no means over. There's so much disruption at the mm. very top and very bottom of the Premier League, isn't there? Oh my God, yeah. They talk about disruption. Like, normally, the mid- normally the middle is the disruptive bit, but actually this time it's the extremes. It's the top between the Forest and Forest in thirteenth, and Southampton bottom six points. It's nothing. It's wild. Point. It's actually yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like a, and this is it, this is why actually for, it's funny that one of the reasons why for Newcastle it's ahead of schedule is that it's very unusual to have clubs of the size of those above them in flux. If that makes mm. sense, like mm. they've got Chelsea and Liverpool. Chelsea and Liverpool. I mean, obviously for various reasons, injury, burnout all the rest of it. Chelsea and Liverpool at the moment, the mid-table teams, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, and you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have necessarily anticipated that. Not both of them, no. No, 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 no. Not, not, not a year ago. Anyway. No way. No. It is, yeah. yeah. There was also women's EFL Cup this week. Man City beating Bristol City 6-0 away. Uh, West Ham beating Liverpool 1-0 in Liverpool and uh, Chelsea beating Spurs 3-1. Two from Sam Kerr, one from Frank Kirby, and then uh, Drew Spence getting a consolation goal for Spurs in stoppage time at the end. Uh, we're recording this ahead of Arsenal Villa. Um, we had an English evoker in the Bundesliga. Yeah. And uh, Bayern are struggling to, to heat up after the break. Two draws in a row. They were 1-0 down really early on against Köln. Do you know what's funny with that? So the equaliser by Kimmich, which he hammers him. So Köln take yeah, the f- lead off in four minutes. When I first saw that, I was like, man... <sighs> You held up so long. And then if you see the body language of the Köln players, they're exhausted. The player closest to Kimmich, who should have closed down the shot, in an ideal world, would have closed down the shot. Limply lifts his leg, his right leg, I think, to block it and then sort of sags to the ground. Mm. And I was like, yeah, they're just, they've just been ball chasing for 90 minutes. They completed, I think, Bayern, I think six times as many passes mm. as Köln. Oh yeah, who just come off the back of a seven-one against Verda? So you go from playing a game that open to Mm. a game that closed, like totally different shift in mentality. So credit to them for actually adjusting so fast, going from being ball dominant to coming back and being like, we're not going to get much possession. Um, You can't have two bigger extremes, I think, than going from playing in front of your fans 
and scoring seven in Cologne, which is like 50,000 fans there, probably sounds like 200,000 most other places. Mm. And then going to like rear guard action against Bayern. It's a great point for them. That's but of course, point. It's, yeah. it's a bit gutting for them, isn't it? Because it would have been like a hashtag famous victory. Uh, yes, it would have. But I feel like coming back from the break, you know, absolutely hammering Werder Bremen at home in the, in the opening match day and then drawing away at Bayern, Schalke away you? at the weekend. You take that, don't you? That's if they can if they can beat Schalke, seven points out of those three games is massive. The one thing I'll say with the Bundesliga right now, and we'll get the other results in a second, is it's slightly um, deceptive the league table because what seventeen games gone, mm. and there's like five points between sixth and top, but mm. the key stats I think look at the goal differences, yeah. because you look at like Leipzig and RB Leipzig and Bayern, those two are kind of pulling clear if that makes sense. Um, so in terms of league trends, you know, you're looking where you expect to be at the top at the end of the season. You're looking at RB Leipzig and Bayern. One thing I will say though, shout out to Union because they bounced yeah. back. Bad results, bad results prior to the break. But to see them like grind out those last two wins, what Hoffenheim now and, and Werder, I'm so impressed, Ryan, in terms of resilience to, to me. Yeah, there's the derby this weekend as well. Because it would have been very easy for Union to take those defeats. We've seen it so often you yeah. get a gut punch, those big defeats prior to the break and, you know, teams and uh, the challenge tails off, but they're hanging tough. And imagine Union getting a Champions League spot. I know. I mean, who knows, man? They might do it via the Europa League. Oh my God, know? yeah. Inject yeah. it. Who knows? Have you got a ticket for that? Rumours are that I might be going to the Ajax game. He's got a ticket. You listen to that? Listen to that. Them. A so, corner yeah. here holding the fort in Berlin. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> anyway, rest <laughs> of the Bundesliga stuff. So, um... The, the probably the biggest game of midweek was the Freiburg Eintracht game. Mm. I thought Freiburg looked really really good. However, Kolomwani stuck Eintracht ahead just before half time, but then Matty Ginter equalised just after half time. What a player! Yeah, it was a good goal as well actually. And uh, I thought Eintracht did quite well in that first half. They absorbed some some Freiburg pressure and then just started to get uh, play their way into the game. I think Freiburg probably be the more disappointed of the two. They had the chances I think to win it. Mm. But uh, not the worst results. Not the worst no, results. Especially after, after they're hammering the other day after the Wolves. Exactly. Game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dortmund do what they usually do in Mines, and that is win. But they left it late. Joe Rayner, second winner in two games, in the third minute of stoppage time at the end of the game. Nice little poacher's goal at the back post. Assist from Sebastian Aller, who came on again. And it's actually, it's actually been putting in decent performances in his first two substitution appearances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's slightly, slightly rusty. You can see um, that, but not, but move, the movement's oh good God. though. The movement's good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, As we say here, die Bewegung. Listen, yeah. bit of German fuel for your head tops. <laughs> uh, Bo Svensson got booked in this game as well. And I was like, and he, he, he kept on chatting, man. And I was like, <laughs> Bo, he's going to get sent off if he's not careful. <laughs> we mentioned Union. Uh, Augsburg beat Gladbach 1-0, which is a, a bit of a... And uh, Leverkusen beat Bochum 2-0. That, 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 that result works towards my agenda. My transfer what, agenda. One? No, the Augsburg Gladbach result. The defeat for Gladbach oh, yeah? work, is working towards my transfer agenda. What, because Jan Sommer's only... gone? No, no, in terms of a, a player I would like to see. Oh, really? the Gladbach say, since, Jan, since Jan, Jan Sommer, yet to keep a clean sheet in a Bayern shirt. <laughs> I got sent a very funny Jan Sommer meme, actually. Oh no, what was it? No, it's hilarious. It's basically like, I think it was uh, El Freunde posted it. And it's basically like one of the other reserve keepers going, oh, um, so Jan, 
as soon as we concede, thrust your arm in the air and appeal. And he's like, what? And he goes, no, just trust me. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Teaching him the Neuer ways. Appeal every goal that Bayern concede. <laughs> uh, we, need so to talk about, we need to talk about Wolfsburg because they hammered Hertha 5-0 at the Olympiastadion on uh, Tuesday. They've scored 11 of their 35 goals in the last two games. It suddenly got chaotic. Yeah. Wow. Fucking Nico Kovac has just let him go. I wonder if that's a reflection on the fact that like there's maybe quite a big turnover and they, I don't know, I don't know, but we're going to, the, the league winning side was fun. The De Bruyne side mm. was fun. And maybe we can say there's like a cycle where every like, maybe like every six years, they're really fun. And maybe this is the cycle. Maybe this is the fun cycle again. I don't know. Maybe. The maybe. theory. Uh, Hurts are in big, big trouble, man. Yeah, I'm, dude. I think this might be the year that they finally, if they, I mean, if they lose the derby on Saturday, uh, yikes! That'd be three straight defeats coming back from the break. Still half a season to go, but the goose is not looking. The goose is looking as if it could be cooked. I mean, they're only you know they're only four points from like Augsburg in fourteenth, but still. But it's I direction just, of travel. It's direction of travel, Ryan. Yeah, they just yeah they don't look great. You can trust Augsburg. Uh, you can you can more trust Augsburg to extract a result in a tight game at the moment than you can Hertha. Mm. You can at the moment. And that's, you know, obviously there's plenty of the season to go, but you're right. They're really struggling. Schalke too as well. Mm. You know, Seb was talking about this. Seb Stafford Law the other day was talking about this. Schalke, they're in trouble too. They got, they so got it handed who, to them by, by RB Leipzig. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they really did. Timo's on, looking on, back. He's looking happy back at the ranch, isn't he? He does. He's a good player, Timo Werner, man. Really saying. good. Really good. Quickly as well. Uh, Lazio beating Milan 4-0 on Tuesday. <sighs> Do you know what's wild about this game? They looked, Milan looked really short of intensity. And I wonder if that mm. Super Cup win took a bit more out of them than we realised. Mm. It's a big Milan contingent made it out there. The, a lot of fans were out there. They made a big deal out of that. That was a big moment for them. Travelled a long way. Got it handed to them. And against Lazio, well, these are two bad defeats. Um, to the point where Maldini actually had to come out and talk about Pioli's future and was like, I don't want to talk about this. Why am I talking about this? And very, you know, made, made the very clear point. He was like, we're in the last 16 of the Champions League <laughs> and we're league champions. And I have to say this as well, in, in Pioli's defence, in Milan's defence, they are victims of raised expectations. Here's the thing. You win a league title, you're first in ages, and all of a sudden, everyone comes at you differently. They're coming at you as the champions. No one knew Napoli would go as wild as they've gone. Right? Napoli basically mm. just absolutely, in terms of their form, just no one saw this coming. From Spalletti, from the players, from the recruitment, it's all aligned for them. So I think Milan are unlucky because they caught like a few blows at once. And I think it's very important for any, look, I'm not saying that Milan fans are not sensible, but for a lot of the noise being generated online, the criticism of Pioli, I think everyone needs to hang on a second and look at the fact that Rangnick could have got that job and it's a totally different Milan. And the reason he why... He won the league. The reason why Pioli got this far is because they backed him. And if you look at the development in Sandro Tonali, had a really bad first year by his standards for Milan. Second year, decisive, brilliant. The fact that they've actually got a tune out of Brian Diaz you know, he struggled a bit in recent months, but Brian Diaz basically has found a great home there. The quality of what Pioli's done with the players, the man deserves patience. And also like, 
Lazio are not clowns. You know, they're still second in the league and there's still a long way to go. Two of those defeats in this run came in the Supercoppa, which it is what it is, mm. and the Coppa Italia. So focus on the league, focus on Europe. Still fancy them for second, to be honest. I mean, yeah, there's no reason why. There's no reason why. Why not? Like, yeah, yeah. Inter lost to Empoli on Monday night as well. We didn't really mention. Yeah. It wasn't just Milan who, right. were, who had a bad week. But um, any, any other football stuff you want to talk about? Or should we? No, that's it. That's it. All right, man. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, we wanted to talk about streaming because in terms of the way that football is broadcasted, it's been a bit of a hot topic in the UK recently because, you know, the police announced that they're going to clamp down on illegal streaming and they're going to pay visits to thousands of homes mm. who are illegally streaming stuff, which is, um, you know, got everyone a little bit like, oh. uh, we mentioned there was a piece in The Athletic about uh football's fight against illegal streaming quite heavily focused around the Premier League but it's a conversation that you and I have had a couple of times in the past I think we've mentioned it a couple of times on mm. Stadio as well and we went back and watched this video that the Tifo boys did a couple of years ago which is really good by the way called mm. Why it's actually embedded in the athletic piece uh, Why the Premier League should start its own OTT streaming service the Deloitte Money League got announced and it's obviously dominated by Premier League sides and a lot of that is down to the TV revenue uh, which has exploded over the last 15-20 years. What can clubs, what can leagues do say for example or what can football federations do in, in order to rethink their broadcasting strategies because one thing I find, well actually I'm going to leave that there, I'm going to throw that out to Musak. No, 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 you go, no, no, you one thing I find, you're, you're in a roll, you're in a roll, go for it, go for it. Well basically I was going to say so we live in Germany, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we don't like to talk about it. We don't mention it ever. Um, no, no, never like to talk about it. I was doing some maths and I'm re- I mean, obviously this is our job, right? So for example, for Sky, for DAZN and for, I don't have Magenta. I pick up the RTL plus subscription when the Europa League's back because it shows that's where the Europa League games are now, but they used to be on DAZN. Yeah. Anyway, say for example, at peak time when I've got, when I've got all the football subscriptions, it is about 55 euros a month, I think, for everything. So that is about, what, 60 bucks in the US? and yeah, 700 a year. 48 pounds sterling. Yeah. Compared to the UK, which worked out almost a grand a year. I find that what it is here pretty reasonable, what we have actually. Yeah, I mean, that's to, for context. So just to explain what that is. So on Sky, they have every single Bundesliga game in full or the conference, which we talk about a lot on Saturdays, yeah. they have not every Premier League game, but the right. only ones that they, basically every Premier League game that doesn't kick off at 3pm local on a Saturday. Right. But even those, they'll have usually two, I think two of the 3pm kickoffs. So we can still watch more of the 3pm kickoffs here than we can in, yeah. in England. That includes F1, that includes any golf you want to watch or whatever. And all of the sport, basically, that that this includes. I don't have to buy more if I want to watch golf or whatever, or if I want to watch basketball. On zone, that includes all of Serie A, all of La Liga, all of Liga, Eredivisie, WSL, Carabao Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, Women's Champions League, MLS, uh, Spanish Supercoppa, Coppa Italia, Supercoppas, It's amazing. Cup, it's a, can I say it's actually amazing? And the NBA. NBA, yeah. <laughs> NFL, 
MLB if you want that. NBA commentary is um, hilarious too. Yeah. What else is on there? Darts, and the commentary the is great. Is on yeah, it's commentary is great. On yeah. Basically, for what you get, it is. It's incredible. the gold standard. In my opinion, it's, it's incredible. The gold yeah, it's so good. And there's watch back and everything. Yeah, you can watch all the games back in full or you yeah. can watch all the games back on highlights. With timestamps for each of the goals and big moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of incredible as yeah. a platform. Yeah. Uh the Sky one is just using we don't have Sky like a Sky Box or anything that's using the app that you can put through the it's called I like the way in, in the UK it's called now, in Germany it's called Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um so anyway, that's to give you a kind of a bit of a scope for how much it costs here. Compared to the UK, we know that the UK is just extortionate. Mm. But one of the things I noticed also about the UK is just how, how difficult it is to watch other leagues. Mm. You know, BT sometimes has some leagues, Premier Sports have others, Sky have now got this, but it's just, it feels like it's really difficult to keep up with everything if you are in the UK yes, compared yeah. to here when you can basically have like four games going at once from four yeah. different leagues. Most of our watching is via streaming or smart apps on TVs, on apps on smart TVs. So mm. put it this way, I think this is framed, there was a the thing in the athletic piece that kept, it, it, was, it was focusing on, you know, how much is lost through streaming. And I think that's just such a, a weird way to put it, because there's not actually anything lost. It just means that they're missing out on more, right? Mm. And... Um, I think make a better, I think make a better offer. I think there's a thing of, um, I think Joey Durso, Joey Durso tweeted something um, also from The Athletic, fantastic investigative reporter, doing some great work over there, um, especially on the NFTs, crypto side of things. And Joey tweeted something to the effect of just that concern about there being a pricing point beyond which there's a tipping point where people just start like just streaming because they're not going to pay for the yeah. subscription. And here's the yeah, thing, this, was, is, this, is, yeah. this is not advocating like, you know, illegality, don't get me wrong. It's not about that. It's more like no. in a situation where people have much less disposable income, we know this across the board, right? Mm. You look at the UK in particular, you look at the cost of living crisis, or some might say that's just capitalism. But anyway, whatever we call it, the cost of living crisis, people are tightening their belts. And what are the costs that are going to naturally slide by the wayside? Mm. And I think if you're, uh, broadcasting football, you want to be one of those things that people don't cut as a cost, right? So you're thinking, how can we then proactively make an offer which is closer to the experience that we have here in Germany? Because, you know, like the thing about living in Germany, like, again, we don't like to talk about it. It's not perfect, but when you see the cost of like, let's, God, see, a, let's yeah. see a German, a German like, monthly train ticket, you look at that and go, do you know what? That's good value. And in Germany, in Germany, there's yeah. no, t in Germany, right? There's no, ticket barriers in Berlin. No. So the incentive, like people could dodge fares all the time because actually there are not really that many people that check. If you consider how many like times the, the ticket, the trains or the trams are policed, it's not that often. So there's a huge incentive for a lot of people to fare dodge. But the reason why a lot of people still pay the fare is because I think you look at that and go, actually, that's a pretty, that's a pretty fair monthly ticket. Mm. Like I can get, get to around the, town. I can get to the airport for three euros. Does that, make, does that make sense? So, there's a, there's, mm. so we live in Germany with a trust-based system to public transport, essentially. And I think streaming has to have a similar approach where like, what is the pricing point where, look at us, we've just basically talked about great Dazoners. I'm oh throwing in all these ad libs going, that's great and that's great. I log on to Dazone and I'm actually, and this is not an advert for them, I'm excited yeah, they don't because of the pod, by the way, but if they- the Friend of the podcast, Flo Lloyd Hughes, uh, 
tweet the other day about some of these prices and I was just like, whoa, those combined mm-hmm. costs are a lot. And I think there's a, there's a challenge here and a concern here. We've said it so often, football taking supporters for granted. And I just, I'm not confident there's enough conversations happening. People are sitting down within football and going, are we squeezing people a bit too much at difficult time? If I wasn't doing this as a job, I'm not entirely sure. I, I don't know if that would affect ha- the decisions that I would make in terms of, yeah. like, I feel, for example, as long as I could afford it, that the price points here are fair enough to still warrant. They're negotiable. Exactly. They're negotiable. Yeah. And sometimes you just feel obviously like, you know, ease the five clubs you can watch for this price or this, make it fun, make it interactive, make it engaging, but just be like, oh, I've got that package. I've got, I've got the Europa League package to start the season. There's a bunch of clubs that are tipped to do something exciting. You basically follow that. I don't know, but like, just be creative and fun about it and work with people. Give people a bit more, um, yeah, be creative Mm. and actually talk to the consumer because sometimes you can go chasing the big overseas buck and you forget the ones that built it and you do that at your peril, I think. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot going on in the UK specifically as well with a 3pm blackout because, but I also think it's something that could help grow stuff like the Scottish leagues and other leagues within the UK because this isn't a controversial point, but the 3pm blackout in the UK, for those who are, who are, who are unaware of it, basically no 3pm games are shown, no games are shown between 3 and 5pm in the UK. Mm. And the reason they did that, it goes way back because they assumed that people would stop going to football. I think the main fear at the time was that people would stop going to local and lower league clubs. There's no evidence for that. Mm. It feels like no shopping on a Sunday rule, doesn't it? It really is. I mean, yeah, we were talking about how great Germany is. Like, you know, you can't pay on card anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Or, there was that three-week period where you could literally not pay on card in any DM, which is kind of like a boots. Yeah, wild. Because of a, uh, like a hardware fa- or a f- firmware failure of their like card <laughs> machines. If I was a holy person, I would say this is the year of our Lord, 2022, and I can't pay on card in a European capital city. <laughs> um, so anyway, going back to the 3pm blackout thing, it's such a no-brainer in my eyes, the mm. fact that if you have a direct-to-consumer streaming service that you can operate, because the Premier League, as this TIFO video already explains, the Premier yeah. League have their own production, essentially, company. You know, Ian does the Kelly Wrighty show on Mondays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have magazine shows that get broadcast around the world on channels that have the rights. Shout out to the great Anita Necker jones over at Premier League, doing work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, they've got a great team there. They have the tools in place, like NBA TV, prime example. You know, you get NBA League Pass, you get NBA TV. NBA TV doesn't have like constant, constant, constant programming. It has either reruns or the odd magazine show or but you can basically, like if you have League Pass, you can basically watch whatever games you want based on the structure of the plan that you buy. So for example, there are loads of people who just want to watch Southampton games and they can't. Mm. Why not? Exactly. It's 2023. Yeah. Why is a Southampton fan who lives in, I don't know where, why are they unable to legally watch every Southampton game? Because for a sport, which is so obsessed with revenue streams, it blows my mind that they have not seen the potential. I think there'd be an incredible take up for that. I think that's really smart. Because, for example, you could just then, like, in my opinion, and I know this is going all like, there was a question actually from Joel Hinds uh, on the mailbag thing, said, why are people asking football questions to my favourite politics podcast? So I know, we should keep, <laughs> I, know we should, I know we should keep football out of politics, right? But I think it'd be incredible for club membership. But it just would be because it's like, for example, in my opinion, right, 
there's a lot of talk or there has been a lot of talk by a load of old dudes over the last couple of years about why young people aren't engaging with football. They are. They're just not paying you for it. Right. Yeah. And the th- because in that piece, um, there was a thing that says the AAPA, which is the Audiovisual Anti-Piracy Alliance, produced a report in December that estimated 17 million Europeans aged between 16 and 74 viewed illegal content in 2021. The youngest people being the most prominent users, right? 17 million. Yeah. That sounds low. I know. It's not that they have to make, I don't know, football 25 minutes long and, uh, I don't know, it's not computer games that are the issue, right? Yeah. It's the fact of access. Like, in my opinion, mm. the more accessible you make football matches, the more people will watch them. Like, you compare and contrast uh, the audience viewing figures on free-to-air TV compared to subscription. Yeah. If you had a Premier League streaming service that we could either buy every single game live, watch any game, anytime, anywhere with highlights and have, you know, Premier League TV running 24 hours a day if you want to watch it. And Mm. that 50 quid a month, which is still a fucking lot of money. Yeah. Like, I mean, what's, what's League Pass? 250 bucks? I don't have League Pass. I've only got 20 quid. Hang on, let me go. NBA League Pass. League Pass Premium. It says here it's 105 euros a year. Watch every game live on and on demand on two devices simultaneously plus around the clock NBA TV coverage. Send me a link to that, please. <laughs> I'm only half joking. Send me the link. <laughs> 105, that, 105 euros a season. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's new low price. Should we just share a login? Send me that. Send me that. <laughs> Should we share Send me a login? That? No, don't even joke. Don't even joke. <laughs> But do you know what I mean? 105 a year. It's incredible. That's basically the same price as what it would what it would take to watch, I don't know, just football in the UK every month. It's not far off it. That's blessed value. That is blessed value. Yeah. Put it this way, I feel that you should have some, yeah, some premium options to watch games if you want on a on a on a on a subscription service like Sky, but that should be offering you something that you don't get. But if you just want the basic I just want to watch games with commentary all the time. Yeah. A Premier League league pass and free-to-air games is the way to do it for the future. And I guarantee if you did that, the numbers of like, and, you've, and you put it in as a reasonable price and you offered tiered systems, basically if you just want to watch your team or if you just want to watch X amount of games a year or you want to watch everything. Yeah. Then survey the streaming numbers, illegal streaming numbers in a year's time and see how far they drop. Yeah. It, happen it, it happens everywhere. I think, I just think the thing you said about the club specific, I can't get past that in terms of thinking. It's so smart and simple and straightforward. If you really are, because I only got thinking about, if you did, uh, let's say a club exclusive package, so people, let's say a Southampton fan, just want to watch their stuff. And then you make that, you make the streaming platform into like a social hub. So you organize like, let's say online viewing parties and you, you, you combine that with, let's say if you're streaming stuff and you want to watch a game with other Southampton fans, then you like do- watch party. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's you do, you do you fan, communities. fan events, fan events at specific bars and places that have licenses. And then you go in like, a, there's a viewing party and it becomes a social thing. So you meet people who can, you know, most people that can't afford to get to games or stream games, or whatever, uh, can't afford to get to games. And then they have that kind of fan experience. Mm. 
if that makes sense, I just think that it's a 100%. really exciting opportunity. I you know, you get your streaming license. It's a nice package and everything. And it's like, okay, we're going to have two fan events, two site of all three or four site events a year where you can have like watch parties. And I just think mm. that itself is really compelling. I think it's totally compelling. I think the thing is, is that for me, weirdly, actually, we spent a lot of time talking about the Premier League here where I feel like international broadcasting for other European leagues or just any league around the world, which is the thing that would capitalize the most on this because you saw how, how much of a struggle it's been for Serie A and for League A to shift their international broadcast rights because mm. just no one picks up on it. And, it's, and Sky got the Bundesliga in the UK and you could barely find it half mm. the time. Yeah, And we know people who cover the Bundesliga for like ESPN and when it was on Fox and all this kind of stuff. You have to tiptoe around your biggest markets. And this is the, something that the TIFO video, it was written by Nick Harris, by the way, shout out to Nick. Um, and it, it mentioned that obviously you have to basically you can't just go and, and eliminate really established markets that have their team and structure in place. Mm. They don't really have that in the UK. And like the UK is such a football thirsty market. You look, you can just tell by the amount of clubs there are in each city and all the, the, the size of the pyramid for a country so small. If you offered a 10 euro a month or 10 pounds sterling a month Bundesliga subscription and you can watch any Bundesliga game mm. anytime, anywhere in full on an app or on a device. I wonder how that would stack up against just the UK right for the Bundesliga. Because you have a load of people, there are a load of people who cover the Bundesliga who work in the UK, right? There are a load of people who love the Bundesliga in the UK. Same for La Liga, same for Serie A, same for Ligue 1, same for all of these leagues, the Eredivisie, everything. If there were little subscription packages that you could buy or if someone was smart to fully launch just a non-Premier League football channel in the UK. Right. Right. That basically was like 10 a month, you add this track channel on or 15 quid a month, you add this channel on and you get the option to watch all of these games. The natural like, evolution of Transworld Sports. Oh, you remember that? Transworld Sport, Transworld Sport, we watched that. We went absolutely wild for it. That is the only, what Channel 5 yeah. were trying with, the Argenti- with um, Argentine football. Yeah. Argentinian football, like that, that, that kind of, that same thing. And there was a real, and some might say it was just a niche interest, but Channel 5, you know, they, they, you know, they had some misfires, but that was quite a progressive piece of thinking, I thought. And I think maybe it's under, underexposed, undervalued, because we see now people do enjoy, like, look, 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 look at what Football Italia did with Channel 4. Oh, dude, I was just about to say this. I was about to segue into it being like, you know, speaking as two men who are, let's say, past their peak. <laughs> in all respects we are children of the football t- football italia generation post peak <laughs> you and God. i are, you and i are like absolutely whatever our not. apex mountain was we're, we're on the we're on the we're on the descent <laughs> um, we grew up with that every sunday on channel four and that was that was a major that was a case study in England specifically, or the UK specifically. And I know we're keeping a bit UK centric here. We're just using it for a what's the word? Um, a prism. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many people were exposed to Italian football in a way that they never would have been able to had it not been on Channel Four. Yes, right. And this is the thing that people are missing out on. Like, especially nowadays, for example, if you look at it from a Bundesliga point of view, how many Premier League clubs or how many uh, UK football fans have looked? to the continent and been like their fan culture is actually just way better than ours because yeah. we haven't they haven't been 
put it this way, they haven't been restricted in a way that has kind of like stifled the authenticity away mm. from top level football. Like, you look at the Bundesliga, yeah. the fan experience is what sells it. That's what yes. makes it, in my opinion, one of the best leagues around. Because Incredible, it, yeah. It's affordable, it's on the whole pretty safe, and yet it's vibrant and it's loud, right? Very loud. You beam that into uh, TV screens, laptops, mobile devices, whatever you want for a reasonable price every month in really good quality in full and you all of a sudden activate a whole potential new audience for the league and that in the long run if you have to commit to like a 10-15 year plan for it as with anything that we talk about with this stuff if you really committed to it you'd I, I bet you within like a decade the amount of revenue that would bring in would bring it way closer to to the premier league you're never going to, I think it's going to take a good like 15 to 20 years for any leagues to really, really fully compete on a level because the Premier League's just got the jump on everyone. Yeah. But it's not impossible. That's really it's not impossible because each league offers something the Premier League doesn't. Yeah, completely. You know? Completely agree. And then there was a point where the Premier League was nowhere near some of the other leagues that it was competing with. And look how much we're learning from each of the leagues as well. Like, you know, obviously the Channel 4 radicalised me as a fan of... <laughs> Italian football, but also just, you know, French football more. The more I catch on zone and you watch how the French teams play in Ligue 1 and how they're running, you know, they've got no right, those French teams, to be as good as they are in comparison to PSG in terms of the difference of resources. But the way that French coaches are coaching the teams, the smartness, the shrewdness, you know, you can almost ask that PSG, you know, PSG are developing their own antibodies, you know. <laughs> they're making the those teams is- immune to them. But, but what point being, point being like, we are privileged to have this like pan-European viewing experience of online football and it, appreci- it raises my appreciation for football so much and I just want others to feel that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, back to you. All I want is for others to have the ability, if they want, to watch Osasuna Getafe on a Sunday night. Yes, absolutely. Instead uh, of spending time with your loved ones. That's all I want people to experience. I want people just to experience that once. <laughs> I want... Yeah, um, yeah. But in, I'll wrap up on that by saying that we hear a lot about how football is broken at various levels and we know how football is where, like where football is broken at various levels. But one thing that I feel like with this kind of stuff is that I don't think with, with the resources that football as a sport has, I don't think it is actually, I don't think it would be quite as difficult to fix. Yes. The fix is clean. Yes. 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 It just looks for it in the wrong, in the wrong places. We talked about this with the super league, like the super league is the only place for us to survive. No, actually like, more parity across European leagues is the only way to survive. Yes, really. that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely right. All right. There you go. Are we going to have a, a quick shout for transfers? Quick transfer mailbag. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 please. And let's start with this one from Ravinda Clay who said, will Nick Pope ever concede again? Short answer, yes. Sorry about that, Ravinda. <laughs> I actually disagree. I don't, think, I don't think Nick Pope ever will concede again. I think this is the beginning of a, a golden age of, of clean sheets for Nick Pope. Do you I just think... went through my head? What's that? When will I concede again? We've got one for you from Ashish. Says, for Musa. <laughs> Here we go. Where to get the best cupcakes in Berlin? Now, the Cupcakes Berlin has unfortunately shut down. Ah, no, it's still doing stuff from Thursdays. Oh, my guy is still, yeah, yeah. They, they, they're, they're, Come at the Cupcake King, you best not miss. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. They got the re-up. They've got the re-up on the Thursday they onwards. They got the re-up. The re-up. 
Wow. Listen, we contain multitudes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Last time I spoke to him, the guy that runs it, he was talking about- oh, he's uh, got the di- man's got the connect. Listen, I got the connect. I got the connect. I got the connect. Should we have some serious questions? Yeah, of course. This one from Annalise Jesperson, who says, wouldn't it be better for everyone's psychological well-being if the transfer window lasted only two weeks? And how would certain agents and transfer rumour Twitter accounts cope? Someone responded to this, Ben Smith saying, one day, a 24-hour scramble. And uh, Annalise said, well, like Black Friday would be like a supermarket, <laughs> supermarket trolley sweep. dash. <laughs> supermarket sweep. I think there should be the first week, I think the first full weekend in January should be uh, a dedicated transfer weekend where there are no games taking place. And it should be the men's and the women's, everyone basically transfer weekend. I don't want to turn on my TV on January 1st and see a fucking 31 day countdown on Sky Sports News. Do you know what it should no be? One know, needs okay, that. okay, how about this? With milliseconds. Milliseconds. On January 1st. Okay, do you know what we should do? Okay, then. Here's a theory. A Saturday afternoon in Ikea, all the agents turn up and all the club reps. In Ikea? Yes, with their trolleys. And here's this. Cardboard cutouts of all the players you want to buy. And you've got five hours. You've got five hours and it's a free for all. You just load up and you go in there and it's like, the, <laughs> you have to load up. The thing is, the, the key Which to this Ikea? is- we use the one. We use the one in Lichtenberg. Lichtenberg, yeah, Lichtenberg, <laughs> the huge one there, the massive one, <laughs> that massive one. <laughs> Fucking you the M five tram, absolutely rammed full of agents. You've got the to have the IKEA on the edge of town rally. for maximum chaos, where oh the motorway, where the motorway meets the ring road, and that. And just have them all pile in and base just elbow each other, just literally whoever's left standing at the end, like the Hunger Games. That, that, Can I you think imagine that, Kia Jurabchkin and fucking George Mendes <laughs> on the fucking tram down to, to Lichtenberg? <laughs> that's it. That's how it should be done. Proper supermarket sweep. I love you very much. I hate that idea. <laughs> what if you want something from Ikea that weekend? Hasn't football hurt us enough? Why does it get to take over the Lichtenberg Ikea? <laughs> I think a month is fine. Just because, look, it takes a lot to get deals done. Yeah. Uh, Conversations are ongoing. Players are all over the world. Some are playing in like AFCON. Some are here, some are there. Like it's a lot. So I think having two windows, completely sensible. And actually the summer window could feel quite arbitrary for some players. Like some players actually like, well, actually I come into form at a certain time and actually move at a better time. I don't know. I just think that it's good having two two full windows. And I know that transfer talk can be exhausting for some people. For others, it's like there's a whole economy that's developed around it. So why like, I don't know, why close off a potential revenue stream, especially for smaller clubs? Mm. Why, why halve that? Why halve that at a time where, you know, it's an extra two weeks to earn some money for some of these smaller clubs. So yeah, that's what I think. Maybe. Yeah. Good anyway, that's, that's my take on it. I, I still like just a weekend. I mean, me too. I love it. I love it for the chaos. You can still do all it. the tapping up and stuff you need beforehand. You can just do the deals on the weekend. That's just. Look, I still think my supermarket sweep thing is the I best get Luis Enrique to stream the whole thing on Twitch. Oh my God, yeah. Okay, now that I'm here for. <laughs> also Danga. <laughs> also Danga. Also oh, Danga. Oh my God. That should have been our, uh, the, that criminally, we forgot to include that in the stadio. Big mood. That was the big mood the of the stadio, year. The stadio, big mood of the year. Luis Henrique on Twitch. <laughs> it really was. Uh, this one from Simbarasha Shah, who said, not a Chelsea fan, but how does Chelsea remain FFP compliant? 
The news is always about buying players at exorbitant fees, but I rarely hear about recent sales. In short, it's this cool, cool thing called transfer amortization. Mm. Football is uh, very conservative in some areas. One area is very creative in is accounting practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In short, it's a very crude way to explain this. There are great people who explain things like this in more detail and football accounts on Twitter. Swiss Ramble is a great one. Absolutely, yes. Going and read, Gold standard. Read any of the threads from Swiss Ramble. Transformatization, essentially you can spread the actual cost of a transfer over a period. So basically, for example, the contract length, that's why you've actually seen Chelsea sign these players to long-term contracts. It allows them to spread the, the actual transfer fee over the length of that contract. Hmm. You sign someone for 70 million euros, you sign them to a seven-year contract, and seven, instead of the 70 million going through on this year's account, it's 10, over, uh, it's 10 million over seven years. That's the simple, simple answer. It is. And, uh, Great explanation. Thanks very much. I don't want to turn you on too much or anything, but uh, <laughs> I want to have a chat about transfer amortization. It's like 50 shades of grey or something, isn't it? <laughs> it's unusual kinks. <laughs> no, 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 we're not shaming. No, if that's, if that's your kink, we're not shaming. One more or two more? One more? I want, I want to ask you this. Spruce yeah. Moose, who said, when recent evidence shows that continuity and organisational structure lead to success far more often than signing new players or managers, why are so many clubs unable to sort their shit out? Fear. It's just like, it's the noise. It's noise. Like, why do people, like, no, this, is, this is a great question. It's also like, why do people miss penalties and high profile situ- high pressure situations it's fear it's mm. people people forget the process when they're under pressure it's very very easy to buckle when a couple of results don't go right i keep talking about the time that united were beaten 5-0 and 6-3 in successive weeks in the late 90s and end up still winning the league it's very easy at those points to be like oh man like so alex ferguson's lost it and i get it i get the clamor i get the clamor to like rip everything up and the same way we're talking about Pioli now at Milan, like it's very easy to go, oh my God, lost it into, lost to Lazio. You know, here's the thing, it's only two defeats and it's only three points dropped. It's only three points dropped and you're still second. And it's, you always need someone in an organisation to be like, chill, chill, I was going to swear there. Just, I'll say it, chill the fuck out, everyone. <laughs> it's that, and it's a great question. And also it's like, it's a problem that football's had. What's that, that great quote that we always say by Diana Christine, friend of the podcast, Diana Christine, uh, to paraphrase Tifo, friend of the podcast, um, Diana Christine, football basically makes permanent solutions to temporary problems and that leads to extremism. And that's it. Yeah. That's football. Yeah, man. All right. This one from Emily Oram. Much love, Emily. I like this question. What's your dream signing? Either, oh, by the way, we've shouted this out before, but check Emily's newsletter. Yes. The way you talk about ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Monday. Smashing it. Great one. Many happy returns. Had a birthday read. recently. Happy birthday. Ah, oh, happy birthday, yeah, Emily. Yeah, yeah. yeah a couple of weeks. What's back. your dream signing? Either to your own teams or one you think would be incredible, and you'd love to watch it at another team. So I think we treat everyone, and we do one of each, each, one of Ooh, each, each. That's funny because I wouldn't say dream signing in the sense of like woo utopia, but in terms of a signing that I'd actually love to see, Florian Neuhaus going from Gladbach to Manchester United to a place long term, Christian Eriksen. Oh, I just feel like as a, as a fit, as oh. a fit with Casemiro, the ball playing from deep to hit the ball through gaps. I think Florian Neuhaus has just been someone who obviously had my arm from a while, elite playmaker in terms of talent. I think that Ten Hag would just bring another level out of him. And I think that he's just that next, I think he's the new Ericsson potentially. 
in that role. I'd love to see him at United. Uh, I think he would bring so much. So yeah, I know that's not the most, maybe uh, dream signing. I know uh, dream signing implies like, I suppose, who's your kind of like, wow, who's your fantasy signing? But I think that there's something about the way Neuhaus plays that is, is, is very intriguing. The ability I mean, to control the tempo I, of a game. Does that make sense? I mean, it would be amazing. I mean, obviously he's, he's been out for a little while. He's just coming back from injury. He was out with a, uh, you know, like a cruciate ligament injury this season. But, as a player. He's a very, very good. Do you know what I mean? Very, as a very f- good player. As a fit for United, I just think it's, I just love that fit for them, you know. He's got good creative chops, but That's, also he's yeah. uh, very positionally snabby. That's the thing. I just think as 25 a- 25 f- as well is a good age for, oh, do you know what? I love that signing. Do you know what I mean? Not a dream, but like a, side that, a signing that you would like to have. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at United and just thinking, what do we need in midfield? And who is the player that can hit the ball through those gaps? And I look around Europe and think, of all the players that are gettable, that aren't, you know, like, you know, you're not going to get a Camavinga because he's locked down for 10 years at Madrid. Mm. Let's be, that man's not going anywhere. And if he was considering moving, I'd, I'd be like, man, I've got no influence, but stay there, please. But in terms of players that have got that passing vision, there's not many in Europe, Ryan, that can do what Neuhaus does. You look at like the Gundogan type, controlling tempo, positionally smart, can get you some goals. You know, in the post Tony Kroos era, the post Gundogan era, who do we have in that bracket? There's there's not many actually. Mm. Do you know what I mean at that level? So yeah, he's my kind of um, he's the kind of signing that I think you could make at United and get back to fitness, of course. And then within six months, they'd be like, "How did we ever do without a guy like this?" Mm. Does that make sense? So he's my he's my um, he's my fave. I like that a lot. I mean, in terms of my own club, I still think that someone like Frankie De Jong as Arsenal's midfield like solution would work on so many levels. Completely. Because it's like, and it's, I think I feel it more now with this Arteta side than I yes. did do when he yes. was available like a year ago or when it was like, felt like he was available like a year ago. The problem with Frankie De Jong in that team, the good problem for, the, for, for Arsenal and the terrible problem of the opposition, it's like marking smoke. Mm. It's generally the problem with Arsenal it's at the moment. Absolutely. Actually, Jamie Carragher. I watched that Jamie Carragher thing on from Monday Night Football, which Wrighty mentioned. It was so good. Actually, his, when he was just breaking down, how 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 do you actually stop Arsenal? It's positionless. The non-Arsenal transfer that I would like to see for some reason. I was sat there thinking this, watching the game last night. I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see Ansgark now in the Premier League. Oh wow. Where, 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 where? Feel, I feel like, at, I think Brighton. Oh my God. I really think Brighton. Mm. I, I really do. I like For some that reason, lot. I was just like, I would love to see him in that system. I just think he'd work really well. I love I that. Might be, I might be wrong, but I was just, you know, because he's essentially a right midfielder who sometimes plays at a wing back. Um... And Deserby now, think, yeah, yeah. I just feel like he could be so interesting in the Premier League somewhere, which could be really good for him as well, is Spurs. Okay. Spurs, ah. I think Spurs could be interesting, especially in the under Conte, the system that Conte plays. I think he'd fit right into that system. Yeah, of course, of course. Wow. Yeah, Brighton or Spurs. I mean, Obviously, two, two tactically very different teams, but I think that... Yeah, you know, my, thought, you know my thoughts on Pogba and Spurs midfield. I think he would just be like unreal, but that's never going to happen. But that would be... Go on, throw me, throw me one non-United one quick. Ah, uh, ah, uh, um, 
I'm struggling here. One non-United signing. I love Kalulu at Milan and I would like to see him Premier League maybe or in Spain. I just like the way he plays. I love the way he plays. I'd love to see Kalulu at like a Sevilla as a kind of like Kunde type replacement. Ooh. Does that make sense? Because I, I just think he's got the kind of chops to do stuff. He's great defensively. I think his, well, his upside is huge. And I think as a replacement for Kunde, you can't do, you can't do much better than a Kalulu. The way that he's been developed and coached really well. And I think that he would be, give them solidity and be great in attack for them too. So he's like, that's a kind of a niche idea, but I just think about it because I'm talking about Milan a bit later, actually. Milan have got like, they've got a new TV show going. So I'm doing some of that. And he's a player that's really stood out to me. So yeah, I'd like to see him shift across to Sevilla. I think that'd be really good because the Kunde, replacing Kunde is so hard mm-hmm. because I think it was underrated just how good he was until he left. Wait, so hang on. You're doing a Milan TV show? Oh yeah, there's like a little segment they've got. Yeah, there's like a... And you're trying to pull one of their... Don't tell them. Players don't, don't talk to them. Away. They're not going to hear this. Wow. They're not going to hear this. On that note, I'll leave you to it. Uh, <laughs> I think we should uh, leave it there for today. <laughs> if we learn anything today, everyone, it's never offer Musok Wonga some work because he'll use it to stab you in the back. <laughs> they should know that already. That's poets, man. That's never it. trust poets. Went full. He went full Mourinho in All or Nothing Spurs. He had to make a sacrifice for the sake of the family. <laughs> uh, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, having a lovely week. Don't forget to check Counter Press and Writer's House and the Ringer.com and the Stadio Archers players on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out on Al Haji Waziri Oshima. Track called Omhona. Anything you would like to add, Musa Kwanga? Nothing further. Okay, well, I will leave you to discuss taking clubs' players away from them and. Uh, <laughs> They're going to come for me. And uh, we'll see everyone on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. See you then. Thank you.